Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. What's going on, everybody? Dan Grasser Show live and in living color. Right here on 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776. That is your telephone number. Got our pals on board tonight, Jacob Perry and Harvey Cruz. They are producing the program. We'll take it for the next three right up until 10 o'clock on this busy Thursday. We got baseball going on in Queens. Edwin Diaz, who's been so good all season long, making your heart skip a beat if you're a Met fan after – The last two Dodger hitters both flew out to the warning track, and it looked like we were going to have a tie baseball game. Still can, because the Dodgers got the tying uh, tying run at the plate and a runner on second base with two outs, and now the score is 5-3, to so those insurance runs that the Mets put up off of that Dodger bullpen certainly coming in handy. So Diaz gets touched up for a run. Can't be perfect every single time out. You know, that's what happens when Timmy Trumpet's not in the ballpark. When Timmy's not there, Diaz is going to lose confidence. He's not going to be able to execute. Well, kidding, of course. But Mets got to find a way to get four more outs. And if possible, add to this two-run cushion once they come to bat in the bottom half of the eighth inning. And if they could tack on a couple more. So things are good in Metland as they try to stay at minimum Three games up on the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta's going to play the Rockies again tonight. Get underway momentarily down there in Georgia. Yeah, we'll talk about the Yankees. Yeah, we'll get into the mess that they are as the West Coast version of their trip mercifully comes to an end. And think about it, right? It's not like we're talking about world beaters or heavy hitters. You know, this isn't like the Angels back in the day. Remember when the Angels were actually like good before Mike Trout even got there? Like the Mike Sosha days when they would beat the Yankees in the playoffs, and that would be like the one team that the Yankees just could not seem to figure out no matter when it was, it would be the Angels. Well, this isn't those Angels. These Angels are dysfunctional. They have no idea what the hell they're doing. They got injuries up and down the lineup, despite the fact that Trout and Altani are on the team. They're a, they're a joke of a franchise. And Oakland, which is, I, I mean, you want to talk about bottom feeders in baseball. Nothing is worse than the Oakland A's in terms of <laughs> personnel, stadium, aesthetics, anything you want to drum up. I mean, the A's are as bad as it gets. And you go out there and you put up a losing record against those two teams as you're supposed to be rounding into form and supposed to be rounding into what your playoff selves are going to look like? Yuck. I know the manager was on today with Peter and Dave, so we'll react to some of the things that he had to say about, you know, where his club is at right now. And if you're a Yankee fan, you can't feel good about where this club is at right now as they come east to take on a Tampa Bay Rays team, which, let's be honest, is playing a hell of a lot better baseball than the New York Yankees are at this point in time. The best thing that's happening to the Yankees today, you know what it is? Tampa's not playing. So the lead isn't going to get any shorter than six games. We'll get into all the baseball stuff a little bit later on. We'll get into some football. 
And we'll do a lot of Giants tonight because you know what? I really got a lot out of the press conference that they had out at East Rutherford earlier this morning with Brian Dayball and Joe Shane, the brain trust of the New York Giants. And you know what I liked about it? You got real talk. You know, you didn't get any spin. You didn't get, oh, let's just say what the fans want to hear. You got a little tough love, you know, and sometimes that's the best medicine because, look, Giant fans are smart. You know, I don't think that they're fooled in any way, shape, or form. I think they could read the writing on the wall. They know what the expectations are for this season, and you know what? They aren't that high, quite frankly. You can't expect a lot from this team this year, and I thought it was refreshing that you had the general manager and the head coach up there, mostly the GM. It was Shane doing the talking, saying that, you know what, guys, hey, We inherited a really, really crappy situation. Doing his best not to just name Dave Gettleman as the chief culprit. But there is a mess to clean up. It is a huge mess to clean up. Even more so than the American Dream Project or the Xanadu Project or whatever the hell that thing is near the old Meadowlands Arena. Even worse than that. That is the mess of garbage that Dave Gettleman left behind him on his way out the door. And the Giants rolled out the red carpet, by the way, as he went out the door. Video, you might, you know what? You might even get, for the Giant home opener in week two, you might even get a Dave Gettleman video tribute. That's how much the organization liked him. And that's how good of a job they thought he did. They didn't fire him. They allowed him to gracefully step aside. You might get, Dave Gettleman might be out there with the captains if they could fit him out there because the Giants have about 47 captains this year. So Dave might have to maybe come out in a golf cart, but he might be there for the coin toss for that home opener. And, you know, the little video tribute and everything. Maybe they'll present him with flowers, gifts, all that stuff for the great job that he did during his years here running the franchise, running them absolutely into the ground. So we'll do all that stuff a little bit later on. But you know where we got to start tonight? And as always, you got to get me on Twitter at Dan Gross at GRACA. Got to start with the basketball. We talked the last couple of days about The Donovan Mitchell trade. And we talked a long time about a potential Donovan Mitchell trade. What would it take to get him? Is he coming here? How likely is it? What should the Knicks give up? What should they part with? You know, how steep is a, you know, too steep of a price? How low or how high would you go if you're Leon Rose? And then in the midst of all that, we got an R.J. Barrett contract extension to celebrate, to discuss. And we did that. And R.J. in all likelihood was not going to be part of a Donovan Mitchell trade if indeed one was happening between the Knicks and the Utah Jazz. Well, guess what? R.J. Barrett's not going to be part of a trade. At least not to Utah. Because earlier this afternoon, much to my surprise, much to your surprise, much to probably everybody's surprise, Donovan Mitchell got traded. And it wasn't here to the New York Knicks. It was to Cleveland. And I don't know if you had the same reaction that I did. I mean, I tweeted it out immediately when I saw Woj's report. I said... I thought they were out, right? Wasn't that the the intel that we got a couple of days ago, that Cleveland was out on this thing, like they weren't going to be the destination for D. Mitch? But he is, and that's where he's going. Here's the bottom line, and I I, I was thinking long and hard about this, and I'm going to try to present it to you in, in, in stages here. It's like the stages of grief. There's two sides to this story. There's a rational side that you can take, And there's an irrational side as well. And we'll start with the rational side. You might not want to hear it, 
Because, again, this goes back to, like, the, the, the tough love part of the discussion that you have to have with the kids sometimes. You know, sit them down and tell them like it is, the come-to-Jesus moment. The rational reflection of this trade is as follows. Danny Ainge got what he wanted. Danny Ainge usually gets what he wants. It is dangerous doing business with Danny Ainge. And we talked about this for months, even just speculating about what it would entail to get done. When you dance with Danny Ainge, generally speaking, you're the one that's leaving by yourself at the end of the night. It's the guy who always finds a way to gain the upper hand. Utah gets three unprotected picks from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Also, they swap picks in 2026 and 2028. They also get three players, Colin Sexton, who we know was banged up a little bit, in a sign-in trade. They give him a new four-year contract. Laurie Markkinen, remember how many nights Laurie Markkinen killed the Knicks at the Garden when he was with the Chicago Bulls? Remember that? I always liked Laurie Markkinen, even going back to U of A. And then he got Ochai Obaji, who was drafted in the first round this year, 14th overall out of Kansas, fresh off a national championship. That's almost like another first-round pick for the Utah Jazz. So it fits the criteria of everything that Utah was reportedly looking for when they were shopping Donovan Mitchell. They got their draft picks. They've got young, controllable players that aren't making a hell of a lot of money. That new contract that Sexton signed, it's like four years, $72 million. That's nothing for a player of his caliber. Nothing. So when you look at what they got in return from Cleveland versus what they got in the Gobert trade from Minnesota, it's fairly similar. Yes, you get less in terms of the unprotected draft choices, but you get the extra players. You get the known quantities. So I think that it was pretty much fair value, Gobert, Mitchell. And now the Utah Jazz have 13, 13, a baker's dozen, unprotected or semi-unprotected picks through 2029. That's the rational side of things. I don't know how many of you want to hear the rational side, but that's what it is, okay? Now let's get to the irrational side. Because those that are angry about this, those that are foaming at the mouth, that, that's what you want. You, wanna, you want to be fed a rational thought. So I'll give it to you because that's what we're here for. Once again, there is a star player who wanted to be here, who wanted to play for this franchise, and he's not going to be playing for the New York Knicks again. And I don't have to sit there and run down the list of all those names of the past. You know who they are. But if you want to go just most recently, and they might have dodged a bullet on this one, but the two guys who are in Brooklyn right now, right, supposedly there was thought time maybe they would, but they didn't choose New York. This was a case where you had a guy who wanted to come here because this is home, but it was going to be incumbent upon the Knicks to go out there and pull the trigger and give up the assets necessary to bring him back home, and they did not get it done. Reportedly, the Knicks only wanted to part ways with two of those unprotected draft picks. Remember, Knicks got a whole closet full of draft choices. Whole closet full of draft choices. Remember on draft night, 
Everybody was killing him. What are you doing? You don't pick any players. You're making trades. You're stockpiling all of these picks. You're clearing cap space for what? Well, we knew initially it was to sign Jalen Brunson. They did that. Okay, mission accomplished. But what about the next move? You still got all those picks. What are they for? And maybe Leon Rose didn't want to part ways with that young talent to satisfy Danny Ainge, whether it be Grimes, Obi, IQ, whoever. So that's the irrational. But you know what the reality is? Apart from all these things, the reality of the situation is as follows. As we look to try to build this team up into a contender once again in the Eastern Conference and try to get back and maybe even, dare I say, surpass where they were a couple of years ago when they got that fourth seed. But this is now another team in the Eastern Conference that has since leapfrogged the Knicks. And I know Cleveland had a better record than them last year. I get that. So by the definition, it's not leapfrogging when they're ahead. But let's be real. Did we look at Cleveland as one of those, you know, five, six top teams in the East that the Knicks were going to have to be gunning for? The answer is no. But now it is very much reality. And this is another team that they are going to have to leapfrog and another obstacle that they are going to have to conquer. Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Karis LeVert, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. That quintet's better than the Knicks. They just are. Isn't it ironic, too, that you got two Brooklyn guys there, two former Brooklyn guys? That's reality, folks, is that the Knicks' task, at least for the immediate future, got a lot harder because now Cleveland is a team that the Knicks are going to be looking up at. Thoughts? 800-919-ESPN, 800-919-3776. Did the Knicks approach this thing too passively? Did Leon Rose get played? Did he think that ultimately Danny Ainge was still going to come back to him when all was said and done because the Knicks had the most to offer? And so was he sitting on his hands too much? We could talk about it. We will talk about it. I mean, want to hear your thoughts as well. We'll do the baseball later on once the Mets go final. Yankees are off. Our pal Xavier Scruggs, ESPN, MLB Network, does some work for the Rays, so he'll be all over that series this weekend down at the drop between Tampa and the Yanks. He'll join us coming up at 9 o'clock, plus all the football, and we'll keep you up to date on what's happening over at the Tennis Center with this Thursday night at the U.S. Open. But it's a Nick night to start, and we didn't know if it would be, to be quite honest with you. Dan Gross' show. 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We got some business to take care of here, still trying to sort through this trade that went down from Utah to Cleveland, and it didn't include a stopover at Madison Square Garden, much to the chagrin of a lot of Knicks fans, I think. Our good pal Ian Begley, by the way, of SNY, basketball insider extraordinaire, he tweeted out that in talks with Utah, the Knicks made offers to the Jazz that included three unprotected first-round picks and didn't include R.J. Barrett. The club also made offers that included R.J. Barrett, two unprotected firsts, and the 2025 first-round pick from Milwaukee that is top four protected, which, I mean, you know, I don't. Danny Ainge is probably, like, laughing at that. He's like, okay, you really think Milwaukee is going to be bad in 2025? <laughs> like, we're going to capitalize? Unless Giannis is playing, you know, for uh, the Greek national team or someplace far from Milwaukee. I mean, why wouldn't the Bucks be good there? But anyway, let's see what you guys think. I know a lot of folks want to chime in. Let's get right to it. Merv is in Winfield. He's first up here. Dan Gross' show, 98.7. Merv, talk to me. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, Dan? How are you? Good, Merv. What's going um, on? It's man, I can't even talk right now. It's it's driving me crazy. But it's the same regime and the same old situation. Like, and we have a kid like you said that wants to come here and is young and good. Like we haven't picked nobody good since R.J. Barrett. Like from like they said the Charlie Ward to all the way to now. Why are we holding on to these picks? And Quentin Grimes, we can't get rid of Grimes. I, I the thing is this: it's like, and I understand from Utah's standpoint, right? If you're getting rid of a guard, you want to bring a guard back, and that's where the Quentin Grimes comes in. But it's like, are we really going to sit here and prior? And, and look, I, Quentin Grimes is a good kid, good player. I like him, you know, developing all that stuff. But I mean, is Quentin Grimes going to be a deal breaker now potentially? For a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who's a proven scorer, a proven All Star in this league, something that Quentin Grimes may never become. Yeah, and his playoff numbers go up. Oh, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Well, another great year for the Knicks. Let's well, see, see here, here's, here's the thing, Mervin. I thank you for the phone call. You know, and I, and I know you're frustrated. I know you're disappointed. I get it. Even with Donovan Mitchell, like, let's go back and play the game now, should they or shouldn't they? It's the one that we've been playing, it seems like, for months. You know, should they give up all these picks? Should they give up R.J. Barrett? Should they go acquire Donovan Mitchell? Blah, blah, blah. You know, what price is too steep? And then we tried to make sense of it in the fact that, okay, if they do bring him in, what does this basketball team become? It doesn't become a contender overnight, right? I mean, like, the Knicks don't, even with Mitchell, they're still not, like, top four in the Eastern Conference. Like, it wasn't going to happen this year. But Mitchell is another piece. As a matter of fact, let's just, you know, it, it's not happening, right? But we can we can just imagine. Let's say you had RJ, Mitchell, Brunson, Randall. Those four is your core. Any of those guys considered a number one? Like, really? I mean, like, on a championship caliber team, would any of those four guys be considered like the go-to guy, the lead dog, number one overall? And the Mets just beat the Dodgers. That's a good win. 
I don't think the answer is yes. And I know that there are a few outliers there. Teams win and win big, win championships without having that so-called like number one superstar type player. Larry Brown's Pistons when they won in, what was that, 2004? Right, that's how they got it done. They really didn't have like that number. It was just a collection of really, really good players. You had a couple of twos in there, but not a number one. But damn, could they defend. Now you got a coach here who wants to defend like that, and he wants his team to defend like that, but the Knicks just aren't going to do that right now. Because Donovan Mitchell's defense is not exactly a strong suit. Plus, he's only 6'1". You know, what are you going to get on the defensive end from Jalen Brunson? Probably not a heck of a lot. RJ, somebody who is, like, developing in that department. They got work to do. So, no, would this have pushed them over the top to contention? Not right away. But would it have made them more exciting? Would it have put them on the right path? Yeah. Are they still on the right path? Guess we'll find out. Jonathan in Brooklyn, up next, Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Jonathan, how are you? Hey, Dan, thanks for having me on. What's up, um, John? So, yeah, I just, want to mention, I just want to mention this whole Donovan Mitchell thing. I mean, it's a shame that we weren't able to get him, obviously. But, I mean, this is what Danny Ainge is known for. He's known for taking way more than he should from teams. And, you know, R.J. Barrett, we're not talking about some massive, massive, you know, difference. Listen, I know Mitchell is a scorer. I know he could provide a lot on the offensive front. But the intangibles that R.J. has are really second to none for somebody so young. I mean, one of only six players to score 3,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 203-point field goals before the age of 22. Only five other guys are able to do that, like only five people in history. I mean, to, to give up everything for a guy like Mitchell is just silly. We have the brass now that know how to draft. They really do. And, like, to give up these type of unprotected picks, give up RJ and then maybe a couple of young guys, whether it be Obi or uh, Grimes, it's just silly. We're not going to get that much of an improvement from having Mitchell. We're going to lose off on – we're going to drop off on defense a bit. It's just like it doesn't make sense. I know a lot of people want that wow factor player. They want somebody to come in and just light it up at the garden, which we all do. But to sacrifice so much on our team for a player who, you know, is only going to give it to us on one end, it just doesn't make sense to me. But they need that guy on that end as well, Jonathan, and thanks for the phone call. That's the thing. And this guy, look, see, here's the thing about this guy. And I know you don't really know until he steps out on the floor, but was there any doubt that this dude would not have been able to take his game to new heights playing at Madison Square Garden, playing home? I know he didn't grow up in the city, but you know what? It's close enough, right? He knows what the temperature is like here. And it would have been fun to watch. And, you know, Jonathan brought up, like, the RJ thing, and that would have been too. You know, we don't have to give up RJ. It would have been draft picks. It would have been draft choices. And I understand that maybe this regime has picked a couple of players over the last few years. Maybe, you know, some intriguing guys, guys worth developing and so on and so forth. That's all well and good. But you don't know if that's going to continue. And let's be, on, you know, let's be honest. All these draft choices that the Knicks have over the next several years, I've lost track at how many they are. How many of them do you actually think that they're going to select? You know what I mean? How many of those draft choices will be used by the New York Knicks? Because my next thought was, as soon as I found out that Donovan Mitchell's going to Cleveland, my immediate thought was, okay, let's take a poll. Who's going to be that disgruntled superstar 
veteran on some team in the NBA who's going to want out and he's going to want to trade and those draft choices are going to be used to potentially go and get that guy from his current situation and bring him to Broadway. That's what it's for. Like, you know, you could talk about drafting all you want and developing players and so on and so forth in the NBA. And, and you know what? More power to you. If you could do it that way, that is fantastic. But you know what? It's a double-edged sword. Because you can draft guys. You could develop them. You could bring out the best of their games. But at the end of the day, if they don't want to be there, they're going to find their way out. That's life in the NBA. Right? Look at what Oklahoma City did once upon a time. Jeez, they drafted Durant, Westbrook, Harden. I know one of them was Seattle, but you, you get the point. And that thing fizzled out before they even won. Because ultimately, guys are going to want to get paid if they're really, really good. And guys are going to want their share of the spotlight. You know, this is, you, 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 you can't capture a golden state everywhere you go. That's the outlier. Where you could draft Draymond, Curry, Clay, keep them all together, bring in other talent, and then be expected to win. That only happens in one place. You know, if you want to say Boston, okay, well, you know what? They got Jalen Brown. They got, you know, Jason Tatum. Okay, they built a team around them and moved in parts in and out. They also tried to bring in Kyrie, remember, up there. And it didn't work. Who's to say that it'll work out here? But meantime, you had a guy that another organization had to develop, had to draft, got good basketball out of, but at least got him to a level where he's ready to step in now, all systems go. And he wanted to be here. He wanted to be here. And he didn't get the job done. I hope he's got another trick up his sleeves, I'll tell you that. Probably not going to be this year. Maybe next year. But I think you got to be realistic now about the expectations for this team this year. You're probably somewhere, best-case scenario in the Eastern Conference, in that 7-10 to 10 range. And that's not where Knicks fans want to be. That's where nobody wants to be. That's NBA purgatory right now. Right? With the, with the advent of the play-in tournament, 7-10 to 10 is now the new NBA purgatory. Because where are you going? And in this conference... With those teams that you're looking up at, I don't think it's going to be some rapid ascent because I can't see them drop it off either. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. More of your phone calls. Plus, Knicks couldn't pull the deal on the Donovan Mitchell trade, but they did announce that R.J. Barrett's coming home. We'll share that statement with you in case you didn't get a chance to read it yet. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. So, I mean, I don't know if the two were planned. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. 
you could be the judge yourselves, but literally like minutes apart from the Donovan Mitchell trade to Cleveland being reported, the Knicks announced that R.J. Barrett and his contract extension, which you know we knew a few days ago, is now 100% official. And R.J. was nice enough to record a little video message to the fans after inking the deal. Take a listen. What's up, Knicks fans? R.J. Barrett here. Really excited to be back. Really fired up about this extension. And uh, I'll see you guys at the Garden. There you go. I mean, he sounds fired up. I, I mean, they need to get him some tranquilizers. He's so fired up. My goodness. Although, you know, like three, four days later, once you find out you're getting that type of money, maybe it's already set in and it's kind of like, okay. Just another day. Uh, Here's Leon Rose, his statement that the team put out. We are thrilled to announce a well-deserved extension for R.J. Barrett, core piece of our team's foundation. At only 22 years old, he has elevated his game each season, solidifying himself as a force on both ends of the court. We believe he will continue to improve because of his passion for the game and dedication to his craft. We want to continue to build our team and culture around players like R.J. who possess these values and qualities that is leon rose and you know what leon rose's job is now add more players just like rj barrett so this team could continue to climb the eastern conference standings say hi to spike and st pete he's up next here on the dan grosser show 9870 espn spike how we doing i'm doing good dan sorry i took so long to get to you i wanted to welcome you to the uh, new new time slot oh thank you sir i appreciate you yeah, but you know how I feel about you. You're very knowledgeable on everything. You know what Qualtrics is, and you know who Ryan Smith are? You know those mm-hmm. people? That well, they're the owners, okay. yeah. Yeah, and that's a, an empowering company for brands. And he took over from the Miller family. And Salt Lake City's booming. It's one of the same cities in this country now, not to get off topic. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't believe you need a one to win. I think you could put three twos or two twos and two threes. Uh, a one is preferable, but then you run the risk of injury. But uh, I, I I, empower what Leon did. You, you can't give away that much. Uh, Danny Ainge is a snake oil salesman, and he pulled it on Billy King many 100%. years ago. Yeah, and 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 uh, people don't realize it because you know Celtic fans are not my my love, <laughs> but the Celtic, uh, you know, it, was, it wound up being uh, Brown and Tatum for for the two three old two older guys, and but that's that's yesterday's laundry. This is a, this you had to walk away from this, and, and let's say I said this all along. If you got them for a fairly decent deal, fine. So you throw these kids out on the floor. You got kids 22, 23, 24 years old. Let's see what you have. Uh, Brunson, you'll be surprised about his defense because he, he's small, but he fights through screens and he's tough and he really handles the ball. I think the, 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 the physics term is drag if you took physics. And the drag on the Knicks, and I'm not picking on him, I'm not disparaging anybody, was that fluke year Julius Randle had. And he never adjusted. And if you heard Stephen A. before, he said he was more involved with uh, putting the ball between his legs and knocking down 41% of his threes. And well, the, other thing, the, the other thing about that season, too, Spike, and you know this, and, and which leaves me a little bit skeptical, remember, you had no fans in any of those arenas that year yes. until late in the season when he was putting up yeah. all those numbers. Yeah, that happened. Listen, that happened to the Lakers when they won the championship. You could look at it like that, too. 
But all that aside, and as much passion as, as you have for everything you do, it seems, which is great, and I have for, for the Knicks and, and being a Knicks uh, fan for, for since the league started, basically, you know, was, you know, when I was 55, 56, I, I started and haven't missed a game since all that time. Uh, this was the, uh, There's a character in R.J. Barrett. He's got the quality, the family, the father played at St. John's. You just don't toss him in. Donovan Mitchell has an impeccable playoff record, I think you said it the other night, 39 games and 28 points, and we all know that, but you can't give away the store for that kid. You can't do it. I think Grimes uh, is going to be a really good ball player. I think when you go from, was it Kevin Knox or Frank Milikina, then you did better the next year, and you're doing better and better in the draft. You stick what you have, let's see what you have, and and, and wait for the right deal. Uh, he wasn't the end-all, be-all, Donovan Mitchell. Now, I would have taken him if it was an unprotected uh, a three Three unprotected and one protected, and uh, no one wanted Julius Randle. You know that for a fact, correct? Well, not coming off that year, you're not. No way. Right. And if they would have had Donovan Mitchell, I believe, as you said the other night, because I listened, uh, in that Atlanta series, <laughs> things would have been a little bit different. Who knows? But I think this was good to walk away from. I'm a little disappointed because uh, you would have had three left-handed guys. You would have Brunson and, and uh, R.J. and um, – and uh, who's the other guy missing? And uh, Brunson, R.J., Randall, Mitchell, and uh, missing one other guy. You would have had a, a decent point guard for the first time, I want to say, since Mark Jackson. Well, we'll see what happens. And, Spike, thanks for the phone call. Um, it Look, it's still very much a work in progress. You know, I, I... can you sit here and tell a Nick fan that if Tom Thibodeau orchestrates one of the best coaching jobs of his career, and remember, that's what we thought two years ago was, when he was named the coach of the year and got this team to the playoffs as the four seed, can he pull another rabbit out of his hat and get this team into the top six in the Eastern Conference? Be hard. Tough to, I, I just, I don't know if I see a path. And the reason I say I don't see a path, not even so much necessarily from the Knicks side of things, like looking at them as just a separate entity. My concern is the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference is good. It's really, really good. That's where I'm finding the challenge here. And I'm going to say one other thing. That, like Spike brought it up in passing about Mitchell, you know, like not necessarily being the all-end, uh, the all, you know, the end-all, be-all. Hey, let me remind you again. All that stuff he was doing in Utah, putting up all those numbers. Because people are critical, you know, they want to throw cold water on him and say, oh, well, you know what, he never went deep in the playoffs in in, um, in Utah. They always crashed and burned out. They remember something. Yes, he had another star, boys and girls, but his other superstar was a no-offense center. Offense was way down the list of Rudy Gobert's attributes. This guy was the primary scorer. He was the number one. Rudy Gobert was doing all the dirty work. So is that really fair to pin it Donovan Mitchell? It's not like he went out there and had somebody else who was, like, taking some of that scoring burden off of him as a legitimate star. Oh, and by the way, he wanted to be here. Oh, by the way, you figure that he could handle it because he grew up around here. And they didn't get it done. Leon in Brooklyn. He's up next. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Leon? How you doing? Hey, Dan. How's it going? Leon, talk to me. How's so, things? 
I'm just thinking back to the last time we had a, a star player who wanted to come to the Knicks. We had a lot of young players. We had a, a, a four who was an all-star, and it's when we gave up everything for Carmelo Anthony. We watched how that turned out. I'm not 100% mad at this. Yes, I did want Donovan. I thought it would have been really good for the team to have somebody that we could depend on that could score. But other than that fluke year, we are a rebuilding team. It's not bad for us to have a lot of young players or a lot of draft picks that we could potentially move for people that we need to. We're under the cap. We don't have anybody signed. I think uh, RJ now with his new contract is the only player that we have signed who's going to make above $30 million in the next few years. Like we, we could make moves. We're not locked into anything. We're not stuck with bad contracts. I feel good about this still. Yes, it's not ideal, but it's not horrible. We can, we can still do a lot. I don't. I never thought that we were going to be above a six seed anyway. I thought that um, that fluke year got a lot of us thinking that we were better than what we really were. Um, last year we fell back down to reality, and Cleveland kind of took that place. And so now Cleveland's going to step up a little bit. But you know. We still have a lot of young pieces. I'm really interested to see if we actually start giving Obi more minutes because Obi and IQ, if we put them together and they're doing really well, that could really get us something. I mean, we have young players. If we give them a chance, they can turn up something for us. So I'm, I'm not mad at this. I'm trusting the process like uh, Embiid used to say and just seeing what's going to happen. All right, so you're you're taking the patient approach. And, Leon, look, that's fine, and, and I appreciate the phone call. Really, you know, look, as I said, even with him, it's not like we're going to be sitting here ordering champagne and getting ready to book the Canyon of Heroes for a ticker tape parade next summer. That wasn't happening. All I'm saying was is that you have to keep continuing to attract high-level marquee talent to this, to this organization. And they've had a hard time doing that in free agency. Near impossible time in free agency. So your only paths to doing that are the draft, which... You know, unless ping pong balls fall your way, that could be a challenge or else you're really going to have to get lucky and show some smarts and know what the hell you're doing or you're going to have to trade for somebody. Well, this was a guy that was right there for the taking, right there. And I don't have to remind you people, do I? And granted, it's not this regime that's responsible for it all. But when you look at the recent track record of this organization and their history when it comes to drafting, it gets you excited. There are more hits or misses when you talk about the history of the New York Knickerbockers when it comes to the NBA draft. So you could sit there and you could take all of your draft choices. You could go hibernate with them, go in the basement, sit there and play with your draft choices. Then you could come out each year in June and make your picks and hope you roll the dice and get a guy who maybe his number is going to be in the rafters one day. If that's your approach, fine. I'm all about, you know what? Give me the draft choices, and I'm going to use those as chips and as assets to bring in a guy who's already proven, who's already developed, and who's going to go out there and help me win basketball games. That is it. 800-919-3776. Telephone number. More your Nick calls when we come back. We'll also get into the Mets as we move forward as they take two out of three from the best team in baseball. It's Dan Gross' show till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Stephen A. joined the guys on TMKS today with Peter and uh, Dave who were doing the show. And Stephen A. is upset. You know, Stephen A. is one of those guys who clearly wanted 
Donovan Mitchell here, as I think a lot of people did if the price was right. But, you know, Stephen made no bones about it. So he was asked, should the Knicks have pushed harder to get Donovan Mitchell? I don't think that you give up everything. I don't give up, think you give up six or seven picks to get him. But to be quite honest with you, if I had to give up R.J. Barrett to get him, I would have been very reluctant to do so because I want him with R.J. Barrett. But if I have to give up R.J. Barrett to get Donovan Mitchell, I would have done it. I'm glad he got his extension. He deserves his money. I like him a lot as a player. I'm happy he's in New York. But to me, he's not Donovan Mitchell. I don't see that when I look at R.J. Barrett. And so for me, considering the fact that we're going back to the days of Walt Clyde, Frazier, and Earl, a promo row since then which was 50 years ago the only stars you've had in new york was a perpetually injured bernard king patrick ewing and carmelo anthony who was never lebron james while lebron james was in the eastern conference first for the cavaliers and then obviously for the miami heat so when i look at it from that perspective i'm just incredibly disappointed that the new york knicks didn't get their hands on a star specifically considering the fact that leon rose and worldwide william wesley are at the helm and like I said, now you got all those draft choices, and it's going to have to be directed at some other disgruntled star. We don't even know who that is right now. Maybe, just maybe, and I mean, I'm throwing the name out there, even though we signed a new contract and everything, but, you know, maybe once upon a time, Damian Lillard might be that guy. Who knows? Will it be too late? Don't know. But Stephen A. was asked, who does he think the Knicks are going to target next? I don't have the slightest damn clue, and here's the reason why. Even if it was someone's available... How do we know they want to come to the Knicks? No on Kyrie Irving. No on Kevin Durant. Now, unfortunately, through no fault of Donovan Mitchell, who wanted to be a New York Knicks, no on Donovan Mitchell, who is there? You think Giannis is coming to the New York Knicks? KD said he wanted out. He wanted to be traded. He didn't ask to come to the New York Knicks. He said Phoenix or Miami. Kyrie said he wanted out. He was planning on going to L.A. I mean, who's talking about coming to the New York Knicks? We cover the Knicks and we don't want to see him. I'm a native New Yorker. I'm from Hollis, Queens. I've been a Knicks fan since I came out of the womb, and I don't want to look at him. Hey, Steven, I mean, what do you want me to say? Therein lies the problem. Guys are not actively choosing to sign with this team when they have the opportunity. And you had somebody that wanted to be here, and they didn't go get him. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>